worship. Got to hear our little metronome in your. So we we could put that in for you, but I don't think you'd like. It. I think it'd be annoying. We're gonna sing a little bit about our waymaker this morning. Sing, you are here. You are here, moving in our midst. I worship you. I worship you. You are here, working in this place. I worship you. I worship you. Sing it again. You are
Amen. Will you do me a favor? Will you welcome somebody to church? Tell him he is the way maker this morning as we continue to worship.
Good.
First, I just want to welcome you to Gateway this morning. Um, if you are a guest with us, thank you. If you are a guest with us this morning, we're so glad that you are here. Um, we have a way here that we like for you to check in, just that so we know that you're here. Um, if you're new, it'll kind of ask you a couple of questions. Uh, but those that are not new, we still like to know that you're here. So if you want to do that, you can do that at the gate.life or there's a number, it should be on the screen. You can just text the word here to 606-220-611. Also, I want to take the opportunity to thank you all for your giving. Um, we also have all different ways that you can do that as well. We have the boxes in the back, and also uh, you can give online at thegate.life as well. Um, we are so blessed with a giving church, and we want to continue to thank you all for that. Um, before we get started, I just want to, as most of you are made aware, uh, our pastor and his family has been going through some tough times this week and uh, uh, lost his mother. Um, the Bible says that we are a family of God, and we're going to talk about that a little bit today. It talks about when we celebrate together, when there's times to celebrate, then we grieve together when there's time to grieve. And uh, our hearts have been heavy um, for Jerry and, and Pastor JW and the family, and uh, they uh, made it a uh, the arrangements on the screen here today, so you're made aware, it is in Beckley, West Virginia. If you have any questions or concerns or want to, uh, I know our pastor would appreciate the support and would love to see any of that, uh, anybody would like to attend. Um, but they're very thankful for your prayers. We've talked to him throughout the week. He's thankful for his church. Um, he feels your prayers. He feels your, the, the peace and everything that you're, we're praying for them. And um, he just he expresses his gratitude to you all today. Um, one more thing, I promise, and then we'll get started. Toddy, if you want to come on up. We want to take a moment to recognize our seniors. We had two seniors this year, and I'm going to pull up my little notes here so I can know what to do. Um, we have two seniors with us today that graduated. Uh, Alex Robinette, if you want to come on up. Alex uh, graduated from Russell High School and uh, will be attending ACTC this fall with a possible future of uh, orthodontics. Is that saying that right? All right. Um, we are very proud of Alex. We have been able to see her grow up. Um, she's been with us for quite a while. Um, we're expecting great things um, from Alex. And then we have also Destiny Stacy. if you want to come on up. Did I say that right? 
No? Yes? She graduated from Greenup High School and is attending EKU this fall with an undecided major. Um, they've been coming for the last three years, going on three years, I believe. Um, and just the little bit of time that we've had them here, we can see um, this family will be able to grow. And we're so thankful for them as well. We want to take this opportunity just to congratulate them from the church. We got a little gift for them. We also want to take a time and pray for them because this is a huge turning point in their lives. This is a huge moment that, you know, their life's getting ready to change and we, we want to pray for God's protection, direction. There's so many doors that's going to open up there from this moment on. So if you don't care, right where you are, just reach your hand this way. We're going to bless them today. God, we thank you for your, your power. We're thankful, God, for your direction. We're so thankful and we celebrate with these teens today, God. Lord, as Alex and Destiny continue on with their education, as they continue on with the rest of their lives, God, we ask that they be able to prioritize their lives and make you first, God. Let them see the importance of making you first, God, and, and finding what it is that you have for them, God. We ask that you continue to bless them. We're so thankful and we celebrate with them today for the achievements that they've made, God. But we're so excited, God, as a church family to see not only what they've already done and what they've already achieved, God, but where you're gonna take them to in the future. Where we give you praise and glory and honor. Can you give them a hand this morning? This morning, I want to continue our series that we started last week of celebrating the summer. And I did not wear these glasses this morning on purpose for an illustration, but it does go very well with my message. My wife packed my contacts, so I had to wear my glasses today. Um, but I've always kind of had an issue with vision as long as I can remember. I started wearing glasses uh, right before I went to kindergarten. I remember before, um, before I started wearing glasses, my eyes used to cross in order for me to try to focus and see how my eyes would cross, and then they would give me glasses to correct that. And I'm considered to be farsighted. If I have my glasses off, I can see. It still might be fuzzy, but I can see kind of, you know, far off a little bit. But then the opposite of that is nearsighted. And, you know, we are taught the opposites attract. And when I say Brittany is nearsighted, I mean she is nearsighted. She, uh, every now and then I'll roll over in bed and see this glow where she's on her phone checking her phone. And if she doesn't have her contacts or glasses in, her nose is touching the screen of her phone to try to see and read what is on her screen. So being nearsighted is exactly that. You can only see what is near. You can only see what is right in front of you and really close up right there in your face. See, and I think sometimes we all can be nearsighted when it comes to our relationship with God. So we have this problem with our relationship that we can only see our current circumstance. We can only see what is currently right in front of us and, and we don't see our future. This is where I wanna focus on today is, is that future and seeing beyond, looking past what is right in front of us. See, I believe that God has great things in store for us that's in the future. Even if we're living in a, a season of, of good uh, blessings and, and prosperity and we're living in a pretty good season, I still believe that in our future, there's still greater things to come. If we can clearly look and see the distance we can see today differently. See, sometimes the reason we use and wear glasses is because our vision is distorted. 
And I feel like that everybody in this building might have a little bit of a different idea or take and view of God. The way I view God and the way that I see God might not line up and be the way that you view and see God. And, and I feel like this sometimes can be misrepresented in, in different things and, and different things and experience that's happened to us can kind of give us a makeup and a vision of who we think God is. Working in ministry lots of times and, and talking to other people and in my personal um, experience, my view of God as a father comes from my view of my earthly father. I was lucky and I am lucky and fortunate to have a, a godly earthly father and, and the one that had taught me the ways that I should go and taught me about the love of God and taught me the importance of church and taught me the importance of, of, of finding a relationship of God. There's never a time that I felt abandoned. There was never a time that I felt like my father didn't love me. Even in the times of me getting in trouble, which were quite a bit, I never doubted my father's love. But for some people, if that's the way that they see God as the view of their earthly father, sadly, that might not be the same story. Sometimes we find ourselves, if we see God as our earthly father, we see, that could be a bad view. That could be a non-existent view. This can be a disengaged view or an abusive view. Some people's fathers on earth is not really the best way to look and have the best vision of who God is. Um, growing up in church, I've been to different churches um, at different times of my life, but I've always been in church. And one thing I can say that I've noticed lots of times is sometimes with the church don't realize their importance of molding new Christians, molding young Christians, of being able to have the view of God and what a true view of God is. And when I came to this church, one thing that Pastor Rick uh, told me when I was doing my training here and then later on that, that Pastor JW continued to talk about is that this church strives on being a healing station. If you look around and we would all stand up today and we'll talk about our background and where we came from, this church is very diverse as far as uh, different denominations, different views of different kinds of churches and, and the way that we grew up. But I've noticed and talked to some people here when they begin to come to our church that maybe not had such a good experience in church growing up. Maybe didn't have such a, a good view of who God is because of the way the church made it out to be. Lots of times, the church made us feel like that, that God is angry. The church made us feel like that, that we was losers and that we needed to repent all the time and, and we couldn't have fun and we couldn't go here, we couldn't do these things. We're constantly, every breath of our time and, and every moment of our lives, at some point when something we've done, we're going to hell. Now listen, the Bible clearly tells us there's things what we should do and we should not do. The Bible clearly tells us that there is a heaven and that there is a hell. But we gotta be important and be mindful as a church how we mold and how we bring these subjects to our young kids and to our young adults and to the young Christians because we are helping shape their view of God. Well, some of us grew up, the more miserable the church experience was, the more spiritual you are. But we can see God differently. We can see beyond what we are taught. We can, we can see beyond what we know and, and what we can control and really see God for who he is, and more importantly, for what he can do. Romans 8, 16 through 17 says, for the spirit joins with our spirit 
to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. I want you to pay attention to that word today, heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are his heirs of God's glory. But if we are, are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. So this morning, I want you to understand, we're gonna talk about what it means to be an heir of God. Uh, but it also talks about sharing his suffering. See, last week, Pastor J.W., he talked about being in the valley. He talked about those times of suffering. He talked about when, we, when we're gonna walk through life, that there's gonna be things that are tough. There's gonna be things that we go through. There's gonna be things that happen to us that doesn't make sense. And, and that these things that we go through, though, shape our future. See, these things are, are things that we go through that if we can look beyond those things as they're happening in our current situation, if we can look beyond, it would help us today. When I began to study for this, I started thinking about some examples of, of times that I, you know, I'm guilty just like anybody else. Sometimes when things are happening to me in the moment, that's all I wanna focus on, what's happened to me right now. But in a time of my life that I was able to look past that, I think about the example and to the two young ladies that was just up here, you really need to listen to this. But as being a college student, there's gonna be times in your life that's gonna take late nights. And let me just go ahead and give you a little bit of advice. Do not be like me. Do not wait to the last minute to try to do your assignments, to write your papers, to have 20 minutes left and write a five-page paper. Because I promise you, it causes more problems than what it's worth. But there's late nights and it takes time and it takes time away from your friends. You know, college and high school is completely different. You do have your freedoms, but you still also have to take time and you have to make time. You learn time management when you're in college. It takes hard work. During this time, sometimes I would have mental breakdowns where the stress seemed overwhelming. I'm not trying to scare you girls this morning. I was broke, I had no money. This time of my life, if I would focused on those things, I would have never got out of that mentality. But the thing is, is I did not look at those things as my way of life because I knew why I was doing it. I knew and I looked beyond my current circumstance. I looked beyond what was happening to me right now and I was able to look forward to understand what I would receive in the future. I knew that one day that it was gonna pay off. I knew that one day I'd be able to get a job that one day I wouldn't have to spend all this time and, and these late nights and, and one day I would be able to have some peace, have some quiet time that in the end, it was gonna be worth it. See, I was able to look past it, look beyond. See, now I think that's how we gotta do with our spiritual life. We have to be under understanding that yes, this is going through, but there's a reason why this is happening and be able to look beyond and it will change the way we see things. My key thought this morning, if we can see what is ahead, we can get through what is right now in front of us. I'm gonna say that again. If we can see what is ahead, we can get through what is right in front of us. If we look beyond everything that's happened to us right now, everything will change in this moment. The situation might still be there, it might not change, but the way we look at it, the way we feel about it, the way our emotions is toward it, the way our attitude is toward it, it will change. Galatians 3, 26 and 29 says this. For you are all children of God, through faith in Christ Jesus. And all who have been united with Christ is baptized or in Christ or in baptism have put on Christ like putting on new clothes. 
There is no longer Jews or Gentiles, slaves or free, male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And now that you have, or now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham and you are his heirs. And God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. All right, we're gonna go ahead and read Galatians 4 through 7 as well. It says, but when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. And because, he, or because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father. Now you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child, he has made you his heirs. We have to understand and be able to put our trust in God that, to know that we are his heirs. This scripture tells us that by accepting Christ, by becoming a follower of Christ, that he, he, he surrounds us with love, he adopts us as his own, and not only does he make us his child, but he makes us heirs. See, becoming an heir is giving, getting an inheritance, and it's something that you cannot earn. It's something that you cannot create on your own. It's something that we think uh, can't be, um, we think about it that we can't create it ourselves, something that someone gives to their children, leaves behind for them. And lots of times we think that we can't be that child of God because of our past. And we talked about that a couple of weeks ago when I preached, I, I shared with you that there's nothing in our past, present, or our future that can keep us from that love of God. God loves you, God accepts you, and you are his heir. So three things that we need to get from these scriptures from Galatians is, is first thing is you are loved. The Bible tells us, and, and as we went through a couple weeks ago, we talked about that love. We talked about how deep it goes, and Jesus gave us the best example, the greatest example ever of demonstrating how much he loved us by giving his son, not just to die for us, but to suffer and to, and to, to be able to, to show us the way through life and be able to, we can have eternal life. Nobody has ever been able to demonstrate that kind of love besides him. It's a whole new level. God's love is deeper and is pure and has more power than anything we can think or imagine. Being a Christian is not about fearing an angry ruler, but following a loving father. Second thing I want you to get from those scriptures this morning is that you are adopted. See, I have, uh, have this cousin that lives in Michigan. I don't know where it got started or, or how it became a joke in our family, but Anytime she's in and we visit with her, she talks about my younger sister, Emily, as the adopted one. Now, she's really not adopted, but she always makes jokes. Or if I take a picture and Emily's in the picture, she'll say, I see the adopted ones in the picture. It's been a running joke. And lots of times, growing up, and lots of times we are taught that as a joke, right? When our siblings do something that's annoying or embarrassing, we'll say, they're adopted. I don't know where they came from. I don't know who they are. We find ourselves saying that thing, but what... We don't understand, and I have friends that, that are adopted, and I have uh, our pastor adopted a child. We don't understand the beauty behind adoption. Not only, see, my parents probably wish they could have, but my parents did not choose me. My parents did not get to pick when, that, when I became their son. They didn't get to pick me. But when you're adopted, that's exactly what happens. You're chosen. So not only does God love us, God 
chose us. He adopted us. He, he decided to pick us in our current situation, in our current mess, in our current, whatever you think that your life or where your life is, God still chose you and invited you to be a part of his family. He chose you in the middle of, of your current sin and in your current circumstance. He chose you to be his child. See, Christianity isn't a religion to join, but a family to belong to. This takes it to a whole new level because, see, he doesn't just love us now. He doesn't just adopt us, but he makes us heirs. I want you to think about the inheritance that we're talking about today. This isn't just like your parents leaving you some money. This isn't just about a family member leaving you a car or, or a house afterwards. This is about the king of kings, the Lord of all, made you his heir. See, an heir, as I said earlier, receives something that they did not build, create, or earn. This is a powerful thought uh, this morning that we gotta understand that God made us his heir, that we are undeserving, we are, we are unqualified, we are messed up, but God still chose us. He says to you, what I have, you have. And now, like I said, that on, our, on our earthly eyes and our earthly thoughts, that might not mean as very much. If someone that doesn't have very much says, what I have, you have, is not. We're talking about God here. We're talking about the, the, the creator of the universe. What I have, you have. The Bible says the same power that dwells in them, that raised Christ from the dead, dwells in you and I. We have access to the same powers, to the same things that God was able to give Jesus, that we share the same inheritance that Jesus did. But sometimes our mind can't comprehend this and we, we wanna focus on the right now. We wanna focus on God, what am I earning at this current moment? God, what are, what are you going to give me now? What, are you, what am I gonna receive right now on earth? When I worked at Kroger, I remember that was like the number one thing. When people would walk in, and if you've ever been in management of any kind, you probably have experienced this. You get young people to come and work. First thing they want to know, how much do I get paid? That's the very first thing they want to know. They don't care about anything else. They don't want to know what the job is. They don't want to know what the hours is. How much do I get paid? They're concerned about what they're earning right now. But listen to me, it's not about that. God has a plan past right now. God has plans for, for me and for you that, that passes our mind, that even passes this lifetime. God has plans for us that last into eternity. See, Christian, or Christianity is not about an earthly payment, but an external reward. We gotta get in this mindset where we can say, today is tough, but tomorrow is gonna be amazing. We gotta get beyond and see beyond this, this, this point. An heir sees beyond our current circumstance. As we live as heirs, we gotta be able to, to have the characteristics. We gotta be able to see beyond the certain things. And a couple of those things this morning, the first thing I feel like an heir sees beyond faults. They see beyond others' faults and, and our own faults. Our culture is really good at exposing faults. With social media right now, that's, that's such a huge thing of exposing faults. And I, I talked to him this morning, I kind of admitted a little bit. I have this guilty pleasure that I love. Anybody watch those fail videos? Where they either someone trips over and falls or, or someone's speaking to a crowd and they, they mix up their words and they say something embarrassing. Or um, We send each other lots of times through on the staff here of church fails where they're doing praise and worship and the piano, they're playing it that falls to the ground or a tree falls over on the drums. We watch all these things that, I love those videos. 
I love seeing that. I don't like when it happens to me. Trust me, there's some videos of me falling. If you've not seen it, it doesn't really exist. But there is one out there. There are some times that we fail in our life and we, we all have faults. And we've created this culture to where we expose those faults. We, we thrive on it. We identify people as their faults. But see, errors don't do that. Children of God don't do that. We, we put family first. We realize that we are all children. We are all heirs of God. And we, we put family first. Uh, the fact that our love or the fact that we love you is greater than your fault is the attitude of the heir. See, my love for my wife is greater than her faults. My love for my family, for my parents, for my siblings is greater than their faults. Well, we all have them, right? And it's easy for us to say that thing. We understand the concept of family. We understand there's people in our lives that we, that we love and we love them past their flaws. We gotta also understand in the tough situation. I love my, my boss more than their flaws. I love my coworker more than their faults. A really hard one. I love my mother-in-law more than her faults. We have to understand that we have to, even the ones, you, don't, you might say you don't understand how annoying this coworker is. You don't understand how, how ignorant this person may be on our job, or you don't understand the, the, the atmosphere that my boss brings in, or you don't understand you never met my mother-in-law. We have to look past that because an heir doesn't see faults. We, our love is greater than the faults. We have to be able to look beyond. See, there's this underlining rule. There's this spiritual rule that comes into play the, of reaping and sowing. It's a spiritual law that what we reap, we also sow. So by choosing to look past people's failures, it creates this atmosphere of positivity. And how many can, can say that they need more positivity in their life? I feel like a positive, and positivity is something that's slowly becoming non-existent. In the world we live in, it's very hard to find a positive outlook on a lot of things. But by looking past people's faults and understanding that we all are all children and all heirs of God, we can understand and look past and our love becomes greater than their faults. Ephesians 4 and 11, or 4 through 1 says this. Therefore, a prisoner for serving the Lord beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Always be humble, gentle, and patient. Anybody have any problems with working on any of those? I know I do. With each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourself united in the spirit, binding yourself together with peace. For there is one body and one spirit, just as you have been called to the one glorious hope for the future. See, God is telling us here that we gotta look past each other's faults. As I've said, that, that spiritual law that uh, when we want God to look past our faults or we want other people to look past ours, we reap what we sow. So in, in, the, in the same, at the end of the day, we have to be able to do the same thing for them. We gotta look past. I'm gonna, be, I'm gonna look past what I know about this person. I'm gonna look past what I see about this person. I'm gonna look past what I've experienced from this person. I'm gonna look beyond their faults. And secondly, I think that an heir sees uh, beyond correction. 
with the concept of thinking of us all being a family, us all being children of God, with being a part of a family, there's gonna be some correction. There's gonna be some discipline. There's gonna be some rerouting. See, heirs see beyond that correction. Not only do they see beyond the correction, they improve from that correction. See, we will, we're not gonna enjoy it. It's not gonna feel good, but it's needed. You know, I made a comment earlier about my parents not being able to pick me. And I've shared this story with you all before, but my parents led worship when I was growing up. And so that means both of them had to be on the stage and leave four kids in the congregation. And uh, they would tell us every Sunday, this is where you sit, you can stand up, you can worship, but you don't get out of the seat. This is who you can, if we wanted to sit with certain people in the church, they told us who we can sit with. But we, once we was there, we was not to get up. Amanda, Josh, and Emily had no problem with that. However, I did. My thought was, they're on the stage, what are they gonna do? So I would sit and I would move and I would talk and I would jump from seat to seat sometimes. Not all the time, but sometimes. And I'd feel this piercing look. And I'd look on the stage and my dad played bass and he'd make eye contact with me. And then he like just straight at me and he would take, we had this signal. He'd take his thumb as he's playing bass and he'd take a moment and he'd tap his belt. That was his signal of what was to come. If I did not change my current situation, if I did not change what I was going through and, and, or what I was causing, the chaos I was causing, breaking the rules and things like that, if I did not change, he was letting me know. Some of it was more of more times than not. It was not, this is what to come. This is, if you don't change, it's, you've already done it. Just giving you a heads up, this is what's coming. Very few times did my dad put the bass down, walk down, grab my hand, take me outside, bring me back in, pick up the bass and start playing again. When we got older, we had something that was called family meetings. Anybody ever had family meetings? They're awful. I'd rather take that belt beaten 45 times in a row than to sit through 20 minutes of a family meeting. Now that could be the problem because I was usually the cause of those family meetings, but I hated them. They always was time consuming. They did, I never enjoyed the conversation we was having. Even the, even it seemed like in the times of when it wasn't about me, somehow at the end it got turned around. It usually had to do something with my mouth, I don't know. Somehow it got turned around and I did not enjoy him. I didn't like the things that was being said. I didn't like the correction that I was receiving. It did not feel good. I did not enjoy it, but it was needed. They did this because they loved me and my siblings. My parents did this correcting uh, because they've seen beyond. See, it's not just about correcting them to get back at them for, for acting out. It wasn't about punishing me because I was doing the wrong thing in that certain situation. They was doing it because they was teaching me. They was correcting me, redirecting me to help shape and form my future. They saw something beyond. And this is how God treats us as his own. This is how he does the same exact thing for you and me. Uh, Hebrews 12 through seven says this. As you endure this divine discipline, remember that God is treating you as your own child. Whoever heard of a child who is never disciplined by his father? I'm gonna stop before I move on. 
and say this, I have heard of a child that's never been disciplined with a father. If you were a teacher, if you worked with kids, if you work in a school, you have seen kids that's not been disciplined by their father and it is not a good outcome. It is not a good uh, outcome and as they get older, it just gets worse. And so the Bible here is saying that he does this because a good father, a good earthly father does this very same thing. Uh, 12 and 11 says this, no discipline is enjoyable while it is happening. It's painful, but afterward there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who trained in this way. See, his correction can come through different areas. As we mature as Christians and as we continue to go through our walk and our spiritual journey, God will begin to correct certain things. Maybe things that we didn't realize or things we didn't see as an issue or as a problem when we first accepted Christ as our Savior. Now, God has began to show us to change those things up. As we mature, God begins to reveal, begins to convict things in our life and tries to correct us. He can do this by his word. As we begin to mature and we begin to read God's word, we might realize that there's some areas and some things in our life that doesn't line up with his word. It doesn't line up of the way we're supposed to be living and the way we're supposed to be acting, the way we're supposed to be talking. And, or, or maybe it comes through a sermon. How many has ever been sitting where you're at today, sitting in the congregation, and it feels like the preacher is speaking straight to you? You feel like that he's followed you around all week long and he's heard all the conversation, he's heard all the negativity, he's heard all the, the things that's happening to you throughout the week, that it could come through a sermon. God can begin to convict you and, and to, to redirect you. It can come through prayer. God can be able to reveal things to you through your prayer life. See, when my parents was doing these things, you know, we laugh and we joke, but all honesty, when my parents was doing this correction, they wasn't rejecting me. And at times, as a kid, it probably felt that way. But they was redirecting me. And the same thing with God, we have to understand that when we begin to feel these things, we begin to get the correction from God that he's not rejecting us, he's redirecting us because he sees beyond our certain, our certain circumstance, our current situation. He sees the person, he sees the Christian, he sees the father, he sees the mother, he sees the coworker, the employee that you can be in if you are able just to be, take that redirection. Don't take it as rejection and grow from it. Third thing, an heir of God sees beyond opinions. A lot of people make their opinions known. Especially today, we talked about already, our culture with, with social media. Everybody has an opinion. And everybody wants to, to give their opinion and they want to talk about it. But what we've done, I feel like, as a whole, we've created this culture of dishonor. A lot of times, the way we give our opinion is dishonoring to that person. We tear them down. Uh, it, 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 this culture, though, is not the characteristic of an heir. And this, and this dishonoring culture that has been created, as soon as someone starts to succeed, we feel like we have to pull them down. So we have the mentality, we are going to celebrate, we're not gonna celebrate your marriage, your, your pregnancy, your promotion, your success, or anything else that we wish that we had. See, we're, going, we're not going to celebrate it, we're gonna pull it down, we're, we're going to dishonor. How many... In here, I mean, you don't have to raise your hand and just kind of think to yourself, we all know somebody like that, right? I feel like I, I know somebody that, you know, I gave the example of when we bought our house about going on four years now, 
we had different people at different times come and look at it. And there was this person that came to our house and they began to look and they decided to, you know, we was proud of it. We was, it was the first house we ever bought. We was proud. We had just, you know, paid off some stuff. We was able to, you know, work through all the stuff. We was proud of ourselves. It could have been falling down and we wouldn't even notice at the point. That moment we felt like we lived in a castle because it was ours and we was proud of it. When we had people come in and we wanted to show them and we had some people come in and, are you gonna keep the collar on your walls? I don't really like that collar. I don't really like the way those staircases are. This house is really small. This house is old, isn't it? This house, uh, they just began to find all these things wrong. They decided to give their opinion that wasn't asked for. They decided to give their opinion of what they thought to tear down. The, the, that's, I've seen this happen when, when people get new vehicles. I've seen it happen when people uh, get um, the news of, of being, being able to have a baby. I've seen it, you know, we all know somebody that has that negative attitude about them. That negative thoughts of that they can't be happy themselves or there's something they want in their lives that they have to tear down. They have to, to give their opinion and dishonor. See, but an heir of God, we say we're going to celebrate them. We're going to honor them. And you know, that can be hard sometimes. You know, uh, there's people that, that try forever. I had an aunt that um, always wanted to be able to have kids and was never able to. And, you know, we have other family members that have living situations and lifestyle situations that they shouldn't have kids, but they have a multitude of. And, you know, she would ask herself, it was, it was hard for her sometimes to, to accept that. And it is, it's hard for us to understand, you know, when we are wanting something and we are longing for something, that's something that we've asked God for. We've asked God and we've prayed about and we see other people receiving these things. But the Bible tells us to honor them, not only honor them, to, but to take delight and honor them. Romans 12 and uh, 12, 10 says this. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. An heir takes delight in honoring you. As I mentioned at the beginning of the service, we are supposed to celebrate with one another. When you celebrate, I should be celebrating. We should take delight in honoring each other. And, and that's what an heir does. Even though maybe, God, I would like to see this happen in my life, even though it seems like they're getting blessed and I'm not, God, I'm still happy for them. I'm still, I'm glad that you're blessing them. They're a part of our family. They're a part of this, this, this family that God has created. And then the last thing, probably the toughest thing, an heir sees, sees beyond yourself. This is a hard one. We, we gotta get to the point where we can see beyond our own wants and our own needs. See, we are naturally selfish people. We got to see the bigger picture though. You know, when accepting the calling in the ministry, that's something that comes to you that you, you'd be able to recognize very quickly that it's really not about you. Yes, it's your calling. Yes, God has called you to minister. God has called you into the ministry and to work with the church. But at the end of the day, your calling and your ministry affects others. See, God has called you but it's about the, the wants and the needs of the people that are hurting, the people that are lost, the people that are lonely, the people that are broken. We have to see beyond what our wants are, what our, our comfort zone might be, or, or the needs that we think we have, and we have to see 
the needs of the other people. As you leave today, I want you to notice on our walls, we have the saying, love God and love people. That's become a very uh, well-known phrase around here. It's something we say a lot because we truly believe that here, that it takes us loving God, following his word, and, and loving him beyond everything else, but we also have to love people. We can build God's house, we, not just in numbers, but in souls. That, see, it takes us going beyond just what we want, just our needs. We gotta see people restored. We gotta see people changed. Ephesians 4, 15 through 16 says this. Instead, we are speaking the truth in love, growing every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of the body and the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that, they, that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Now, this analogy that this scripture is talking about was that the Bible tells us that we all have a part to play in the kingdom of God. And the analogy talks about that one is the hand and one is the foot and one is, you know, whatever it is that you feel like or whatever it is that God has called you to do, you are essential, no matter how big or how small. We can be a part of God's plan right here. If you are new to the church or you just started coming, we do things like growth track and we talk about how we've been talking about it all the last couple of weeks, throwing it in, how you can get rooted into a church and how it makes a difference in your life. That's why I love doing what we did on Wednesday. If you wasn't able to take part, you missed a really good time. And we, we was able to not only show our community the love of God, we didn't just put it out there for people that doesn't attend this church, but it gives me opportunity. You know, lots of times as a, as a pastor, being on staff here, I attend the first service and I go and I start working in the second service and I don't get to see a whole lot of the new people that come to the second service. I don't get that chance to, to be able to talk to you, but look, when we do these things, we give people opportunity to serve. That's when relationships are formed. That's when you feel that connecting to the other, the other child of God, the other heirs of God is when you begin to serve in his church because it's not about just serving the church, it's about serving with a purpose. We then become a team, we become a family of saying that we know our vision is to reach the lost and the hurting. Our vision is to see people's lives restored. Our vision is to see this community restored. We gotta get past whatever it is that's holding you back. And you might say to me, if you only knew my story, if you only knew the, the thoughts that was in my mind that I think on a daily basis, or if you only knew my, my, my circumstance, if you only knew my habits or, or my hurts or my hangups, you, would, you wouldn't even ask me to attend, let alone serving your church. And that's a lie from the enemy. That's the lies that he likes to tell us because as we talked about last time I was able to minister to you guys that there is nothing that can separate us from the love of God. Nothing on this earth, nothing uh, spiritual, the principalities, nothing can keep us separated from what God has for us. So my answer to you this morning, if you're thinking you don't understand where I'm at, you don't understand what I'm going through, you don't understand my circumstance, my answer to you is to look beyond. Look beyond 
where you're at now. But beyond your distorted view of who you think God is, allow God to prove himself. Allow him to, you know, accept his love and allow him to adopt you into his family. Allow him to make you an heir into his kingdom. See, maybe you are saved and you've accepted Christ, but as time goes on, our vision becomes a little distorted. I won't call out who this friend is, but I have a friend, you know, just like our actual life. We was, you know, in the beginning, I talked about our physical vision. I have friends that as life goes on, as their physical life goes on, they get a little on the uh, not so young side. Their vision begins. If you ever look over when they're texting on their phone, their lettering's this big. And then, you know, I'll tease them. I'll say, it must take you an hour and a half to read, hi, how are you doing? Because the lettering is so big on their phone. And that's the way exactly how sometimes we can get as we go on with our spiritual life. As we walk on our spiritual journey, sometimes it takes a toll on us. Sometimes when we seem to be constantly living in the storm, constantly living in that situation of our life, it's hard for us to accept and our vision of God begins to get distorted when we don't see him moving the way we think he should move. As hard and as tough as whatever the situation is that you're going through right now, no matter what it is, and I, I know there's a lot of things I probably can't even relate to. There's a lot of things that I can't, that I can't identify with and, and you know, that I'm not been through. And there's things that I'm going through that maybe you can't identify with, but I don't care how big and how small my answer to you is look beyond. Because see, beyond, there's reward. Beyond, there is peace. Beyond, there is joy. There's blessing. There's, there's restoration. There's healing. There's a testimony. And most importantly, there's eternity. We gotta get that in our mind that this life that we live right now is just a portion of what God has for us. That his plans and his, his calling on our lives, the, our purpose for being here goes so far beyond our even the expanding or the expectancy of our life. We must look beyond. You stand with me this morning. You know, I shared with another staff member this week. And I, I want to share with you all because I want you to understand that you're not alone. I want you to understand that no matter where you think that you are on your spiritual journey, whether you have a title or whether you just got saved yesterday, that no matter where you're at, we all have times of feeling like God's a million miles away and all we can focus on is the now and the current situation. And I began to talk to this staff member about how it's very hard sometimes to understand when you pray and you believe and you have, you have faith that, that you feel like can move a mountain and, and it doesn't turn out the way you want it to turn out. It doesn't turn out the way that we see fit. We, don't, we, we believe, we, we pray, we, we trust in God. And at the end of the day, it still doesn't come out the way we want it to be. But the Bible tells us that his plans are greater than our plans. 
his thoughts is higher than our thoughts. And then we have to understand that even though if it might feel like we've lived an eternity in this storm, it might look like that, God, I'm doing all the right things. I'm, I'm doing everything that you've told me to do. I'm believing and, and I'm praying. And then he still doesn't necessarily move in that situation. We have to look beyond. As hard as that might be and, and as hard as the concept that might be to grasp this morning, I want to encourage you that no matter what you're going through, all of us on this stage go through the same things. Every staff member of this church goes through the same thing. Every, no matter where you're at on this walk of your spiritual journey, we all go through it. God, I thank you so much this morning. I ask that you just help us to look beyond. God, I'm so thankful for the, the power that you've given us, God, the inheritance, God, that we didn't earn and we don't deserve, God, but that you gave to us freely. God, I'm so thankful what a, that you're able to love us, that you adopted us, that you chose us to be heirs of your kingdom, God. Lord, help us to trust in you, God. Lord, that even when we don't feel you, even when we don't see you, God, that we are able to rely on your word, God, rely on the idea and look beyond inside my Our current circumstance, God. I don't have time to make that we believe and we serve a God that can move mountains, God. Or that we have a God that sometimes when, when he feels so far away, God, that you're ahead of us working on our behalf that we can't even see, God. That your word says that you are going ahead of us, that you are working, God, before us, that you're fighting off the, the, the darkness and, and the enemy that we don't even realize that's happening to us yet, God. Help us to look beyond to be thankful, God, to be content, God, to be able to celebrate, God, to honor, to look beyond ourselves, God. Do a work in us today, Lord, to be able to rewire our minds and our thoughts, God, where we are able to be able to look beyond our current circumstances and know and trust that we have a God that even when it doesn't make sense to us, God, that we have a God in heaven that is able to see it all, God, that you know the big picture, you know the end game, God. God, we give you praise and glory and, and honor. As they begin to sing this song, I want to give you the opportunity. Like this altar is always open. We have the prayer team here, and we have uh, staff members here who would love to pray with you. If you don't know Christ, if you've never accepted him as your personal Savior, that's the first step to getting all this that we've talked about. Today, I can offer you the opportunity to become an heir to be adopted, to feel that Father's love. Allow him to prove himself to you today. Allow him to show you that Father, that Father figure that you might not have. Allow him to be, the un, to show you the unfailing love. Or if you're already, as we talked about, a Christian and you've already used one prayer this morning, this thing that you're going through, that's what we're here for. We want to join with you. We want to gather with you. We want to pray with you. We want to love you. We are a family. We are all children of God, heirs of His kingdom. Worship with Him today. Yeah, He loves us.
courage knowing that God loves you that he chose you that he's adopted you into his kingdom and that we are able and we have at the disposable everything that he has everything that he has is ours we love you we hope to see you next week have a great weekend